0: listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart right across Australia. Today we have our series Lifetime Search with Gary Webster. Welcome Gary. Good G'day Jason, good to be back again. How are you Gary? I'm well, I'm well and I'm enjoying life. And you've been uh, travelling around a bit but you're back in the state. Yes, I, I, on the weekend I was up north around Scottsdale Way. Okay, very good. It's a, it's a nice area up there. Oh, terrific. Now, Gary, um, tell me something about Tasmania. You've been here for a little while, and I just want you to tell me something that you
1: you really enjoy about being in Tasmania. Wow, that's a tough one, Jason, because there's so much great things in Tassie. One place that I love visiting, I, I'm up there fairly often, is Launceston at the Gorge. I, I don't reckon you can hardly beat that spot. It's a real beautiful place to go for exercise. I love to exercise and, and, and doing it in that spot is just fantastic.
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful spot. It's a beautiful spot. Um, so Gary, you're an archaeologist uh, and a theologian and uh, you've been a pastor and many things. So, um, but tell me, what made you get into archaeology?
1: Ah, that's a good one. That's a beauty. I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll answer that at the end of this presentation that we have this morning's program, and, and I think it'll all come into focus. How awesome. about
0: that? Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll wait for that a bit later then. Um, now, Gary, our uh, our number for the show, our text, uh, our mobile number that you can text into is 488 zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We encourage our listeners to text in and uh, you know send a question, send a query, send some feedback, or you can use the various codes that we give you to receive the different information and offers that we will give. And today we have an offer as well, which we'll detail. A a little bit later. Now, I will just talk about the Livemore project once more. Uh, if you've been listening over the days, you would have heard a little bit about that. Um, today is the first day for the Livemore project to run in Glenorchy down near the Hobart area, and you can still register. It's not too late, but I'm just going to read what uh, Dr. Darren Morton says about this, uh, this project, this program. I encourage you to participate in the Live More Project. It's all about how we can live our best life and truly thrive. It's fun, exciting and easy to do and will quite literally change your life. So now is the perfect time to sign up, make a change now and live your best life. So if you're interested in doing Doing that, you can still register. Text us "Live More" to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Live More. Just one word, and you'll receive a link to the website where you can go and get all of the information about the program, and you can register, etc.
1: Jason, that's a fantastic project. Live more, yeah, yeah. Our listeners will f- really enjoy that.
0: And it's not it's not just exercise. It's it's all it's also about the way we see life yeah, and, exactly. uh, and experience life. So, I hope uh, I hope uh, you know whoever does join that program. I'm I'm actually going to join the one uh, that's going to be operating from Rosny in a, in a couple of weeks' time. So. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Now, uh, Gary, what have you got uh, planned for us today? I noticed uh, previously we've advertised this program as the Godless Delusion Beyond Belief.
1: Well, that's what um, what's what we call it—the godless delusion <laughs> beyond disbelief. Ah, <laughs> oh, beyond disbelief. Disbelief. Yeah, I? I, I, I put a, I made a mistake last week. Oh, in okay. Days, it was my fault. I, when I got home, I thought, "Hey, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on." We've <laughs> missed Beyond well, disbelief. Okay. Well, look. Let, let me just let me just say. Um, some years ago, uh, Richard Dawkins, Dr. Richard Dawkins, wrote a famous book uh, called "The God Delusion." Yes. Now, in that book, he presented what he considered was evidence that there is no God. Well, let me say I consider that that's a delusion, actually. And what I want to show over the next uh, few programs that we have is that this book has actually got supernatural origins. Hmm. Uh, And I contend that it comes by messages uh, to humans from God. And I'm going to give lots of evidence for that over the next few programs um, in a number of areas. Okay. So that's where we'll be headed. Before we before we get into 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 this today, I just want to remind folk where we've come from.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a good idea to just quickly review some of the uh, topics that we've discussed already.
1: Yeah, well... And, in, and,
0: and just on that note, if people want to go back and listen to previous episodes, you can do that on the website, faithfm.com.au, or download the app, Faith FM Australia. So uh, either way, you can go and listen to past episodes, find the programs and Ours is Tassie encounters, and you'll yeah. be able to listen to all Gary's programs. Good idea to get yep. ba-
1: get back some of that stuff. So, we've seen, we've discovered that the Bible is historically accurate. In other words, it's not myths and legends. Archaeologists have shown very clearly that what the Bible says, they've actually discovered. Oh, no, that's true. That's that's factual. And then the last program we had, we looked at the that science and archaeology show the Bible contains sound scientific health principles. You may remember. Yes. And so this book is not just historically accurate but it's relevant to life that's what we saw in our presentation last week now as we move into today's topic the godless delusion uh, i want to look at predictions that are made in this this old book called the bible that show very clearly that it's supernatural in other words it's beyond human uh, ability alone to to do Some of these things or to predict some of these things. Mm -hmm. And that's why I've called it, you know, the godless delusion, because, hey, look, hang on, you can't get these predictions right again and again, some of which we'll see today, uh, and say it's just a human concoction. So let's let's get into it, Jason. as you know, over the last probably 40, 50 years, the, the column centimeters of the psychics has increased dramatically. Many people are wanting to know what does the future hold, in other words. Mm. Um, wanting to know, okay, so what's coming next? Not just in the love life and a whole bunch of other things personally, but where's the world headed? Yeah. Where are we, where are we tracking? Where, where are we moving to? That's, that's a common question that people have today. For example, do you recall the year 2012, Jason?
0: Uh, 2012, yeah. There must have been something specific in that that you're thinking of, but I have no idea what you're thinking of. Well, man, you should be able to
1: read my mind. (laughs) Remember the Mayan calendar and the end of the world Uh, and all that stuff? yep. Now that's
0: coming to mind, Now I'm bringing
1: it back to you, eh? Yeah. Well, the world was supposed to end according to many people, and there were lots of people predicting all sorts of things, many psychics, but actually what happened? Nothing. Exactly. Nothing happened. Now, I'm not knocking anybody. I'm simply making a point that it's not very easy to predict the future. Mm. People were, were working on it from all around the world, but nothing happened. How about the year 2000?
0: Yeah, with the Millennium Bug, I, I worked in IT over that period, and there was a big frenzy around what was going to happen. Yeah, Y
1: two K. I remember that. Yeah. Well, what happened? Nothing. Nothing again. <laughs> exactly. So, and again, not not knocking anybody, but clearly, it's not easy <laughs> to predict the, the future with yeah. so many people saying things would happen, and it didn't happen. In fact, these Times Magazine a few years ago discovered that six out of two hundred and fifty predictions were actually correct. I mean, think about it, six out of two hundred and fifty. Um, in fact, also we now know that the average leading psychics batting average, the number of predictions they actually get correct, is 16%. Mm. Now, that's 16 out of 100 predictions they've now discovered that psychics make actually work out.
2: Mm.
1: Now, that's okay if you're in the 16%, but what happens if one of the predictions concern you and it's in the other 84%? Uh, not, not a good thing to rely on. Again, not knocking anybody, but saying it's not easy to predict the future. In mm. fact, it, it begs the question, can we actually know the future? Yeah. Well, let me say that if you wanted a source that... Uh uh, that says, yeah, you know, I know what's going to happen, you'd want two things of that source. Firstly, you'd want historical accuracy, meaning this, Jason, if you can't even get the facts right today and the history right, how can I rely on you about what you're going to tell me about what's coming down the track? Mm. So you'd need that. The second thing you'd need is a source that has a proven track record of fulfilled predictions, Yeah, meaning they got a great batting average yep yep so the the, the history has proved itself exactly mm. he, let, let me give an illustration of what we mean here say for example I said to you today now Jason um, you need to draw all your money out of the bank you need to mortgage you know you, you need you need to sell your house because tomorrow morning, Tuesday, uh, what is it? Yeah. And anyway, this week, one yep, day this yep. week,
0: it's Tuesday today. Tuesday, tomorrow is right. Wednesday. Okay. okay, right. So,
1: so tomorrow morning, Qantas shares are going to be one cent a piece. Yeah. So, so sell everything and buy them up because I know by that night they're going to hit a hundred dollars a share.
0: You might be done for insider trading, Gary. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, so you so then I say, but but make sure you sell them off by Friday morning because they're going to go back to a cent a piece. Now, Jason, I don't think you're going to go and sell your house to get as much money as you can to buy uh, Qantas shares at one cent a piece because I say so.
2: Mm.
1: What I think you would probably do is have a look at my batting average on the stock market or something and see, like, this yeah. guy predicted this crash and this thing and the other, and then you might do some of that stuff. Yeah. But you want to see what my batting average is, so that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Now, uh, I maintain, and I'm going to give some evidence this morning, that the Bible has both those things. Okay. Number one, we've already seen so far in these programs that it's not a bunch of fairy tales. It gets it right, the facts. Yeah. But now we're going to look at the, the track record. We're going to look, does it have a batting average of 100%? So that's, what we're, that's where we'll be heading. And, uh, Jason, I'm going to share evidence from both university history and uh, from archaeology as we progress uh, through the program this morning.
0: Well, that sounds interesting and exciting. I hope uh, that uh, our listeners are also pretty keen, and I'm sure they will be. Um, I guess uh, it's about time that we go to a song, and uh, this first song is called You Will Remain, and it's by the All Sons and Daughters. So let's have a listen to this song. Let's have a break. Go and get yourself a drink. If you're at home, whatever it is you need to do, you've got about four minutes. (laughs) We'll talk to you soon. Welcome back. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and I'm here, Jason Cook, with Gary Webster. And uh, this morning we're talking about the godless delusion beyond disbelief. Mm-hmm. Now, Gary, you said you've got some exciting stuff, and uh, let's let's just uh, dig right into that. Dig, so to speak, being an archaeologist, <laughs> right it's on. hard not to use that as a pun. Exactly. In fact, so uh, let, let's get digging. <laughs> fact,
1: it's what the mag- one of the magazines I edit, it's called Diggings. <laughs>
0: well, in fact, uh, Digging Up the Past is, yes. uh, is our offer today, and we'll uh, give you the code word for that a bit later.
1: Uh, digging up the past is a it's a reading guide, isn't it? Yeah, a tremendous series of uh, reading guides, and people will just love them. I'll talk about, more about later, as you said, yeah. Jason. We're off to go. We're off to Egypt, Iraq, and Iran uh, as we move forward uh, today. So uh, let's go. Now, there are some very specific predictions made in this old book, the Bible, concerning the future of Egypt. And I'm going to share just a couple of them uh, with 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 our listeners. First of all, there's what we call the Papyrus Read prophecy. Now, what's papyrus? You've probably heard of papyrus, Jason.
0: I'm assuming it's uh, made of a reed. Yeah, exactly. It, it is a type of reed, is it? Yep, yep. And they made something like
1: paper out of it, didn't exactly, they? Exactly, yes. Yeah. The, the, the ancient Egyptians had papyrus reeds growing along the Nile River all throughout Egypt. It was once actually the symbol of Lower Egypt, is and
0: that, is that where our, our word for paper
1: yeah, comes from? Yeah, that's, that's, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The paper. Yeah. yeah. From the papyrus reed. Yeah. Now, they made this paper, you know, the, the way it's a triangular, when you cut it in cross section, it's a triangular shaped reed. And, uh, they slice it, lay it one way, then slice more and lay it the other way, like three ply, if you like, and yeah. squeeze it all together. And there's their paper. Right. So they used that in ancient times. We have lots of documents. Then, of course, they made boats from the papyrus reed as well. So so this reed grew very prolifically along the Nile, but Isaiah the prophet in 700 B.C. Now remember Isaiah, we found almost two complete scrolls of the book of Isaiah in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah. 100 to 200 B.C. They're copies. The originals go back to 700 B.C. Okay. So this is what Isaiah says, talking of Egypt. He says, the paper reeds, that's the papyrus reeds, by the brooks, by the mouth of the brooks, shall wither, be driven away, and be no more. Now that's an interesting prediction. Mm, that's, made 700 is. BC. Yeah. Now you can go to Egypt today, and you will not find the papyrus reed growing along the Nile in Egypt. It grows in other countries, but not in Egypt itself. Uh, it's just it's just died out. In that's, fact, that's bizarre. It is bizarre. Now yeah. this is interesting because Thor Heyerdahl. Uh, you remember. Th- well, you probably don't remember. You might not have even been born then, Jason. But anyway, he was a, a great uh, uh, what would we call it? Explorer, uh, adventurous guy, uh, and he, he he built a boat called the Kontiki. Some some of our listeners may have heard of that.
0: Well, it's Kontiki Tours. Is that where that comes from? Probably does. <laughs> Tourist uh, <laughs> yeah. organisation. Yeah.
1: But anyway, this 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 guy decided to go to Egypt to get some papyrus reed to make his. His boat, right so this is what he says. now listen this is fascinating. He says, Pharaoh lies in his tomb, and uh, with reed boats, that's paper reed boats painted on the stone walls, stone in the desert, and reeds on the shore of the Nile, meaning the papyrus reed, stone and reeds were nature's gift to the ancient peoples of the Nile, the Egyptians. No papyrus grows in Egypt now, he said. Not a single golden-haired papyrus reed bowed its bushy head over the bank to mirror itself in the brown water. And then he concludes by saying, Papyrus had died out in Egypt. No one knew why. The gods had taken back one of their oldest gifts as if they had simply pulled it up by the roots. Fascinating, eh? Mm. How about that? Here's a guide, goes to Egypt to make a paper, one of these paper reed boats, but I can't find any in Egypt. And that's right. But the Bible predicted that.
0: You can see so, a bit so of So when I, Isaiah wrote
1: that, that was before this time? Already. Oh, the, Egypt, was, Egypt was the third in the Middle East and Mediterranean. It was the number three power, if you would, because right. there was the Assyrians, uh, then Babylonians came, the Egyptians were, were probably the second or third rate power.
0: So at that time, obviously, Egypt was flourishing yeah, and, and the reeds would have been exactly. common. Exactly.
1: They were very common, in, but now they've gone, yep. and uh, it's fascinating. You can see a little bit of papyrus. Uh, you know, They grow a little bit in Egypt to uh, make paper papyrus for for the tourists, and you can see a little bit out the front of the Cairo Museum, or the old Cairo Museum, Mm -hmm. and that's it. Mm. So there's one prediction from Egypt, but let's have a look at another one. Let's visit the city of Memphis. Now, Memphis, there was a prediction made about this place. You're probably wondering what Memphis Memphis is. Memphis, that's a city in the US, is it? Yeah, Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley. That's it. <laughs> but this is not the Memphis we're talking about, Jason. <laughs> I guess that's where they got the name from because Memphis is a famous Egyptian city. Yeah. So let's, let's go there. Let me talk about it. It was once the capital of ancient Egypt for about 500 years. So it's a pretty big city. Back in 600 BC, this is a, a great metropolis. Now, this is what the Bible predicts. And this is Jeremiah now, the prophet. His his writings also found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh, Jeremiah 46, verse 19. Pack your belongings for exile. Talking to the Israelites. You're off to, you know, um, sorry, those in Egypt, I should say. Pack your belongings for exile. You who live in Egypt for Memphis will be laid waste and lie in ruins without inhabitants. So there it is. This, this city's going to go, this is going to disappear. A 500-year-old thriving city. Yep. No longer. And now now that's made five two 2,500 years ago and uh, at the time when it was flourishing. Mm. Now, when I take tourist uh, people to, to Egypt on tours and I take them to Memphis and you can almost sort of almost think they're, they're looking why did this guy bring us here there's nothing here except a, a, an alabaster sphinx or two a big one and uh, and, a, and a bit of rubble and that's it wow. but that's the point Yeah. it shows very clearly that what the Bible predicted 2,500 years ago actually has taken place Amelia Edwards an, an Egyptologist back in the the early periods of archaeology, this is what she said about the place. She said, where are the stately ruins which even in the Middle Ages extended over the space of half a day's journey in every direction? One can hardly believe that a great city flourished on this spot or understand how it should have been effaced so completely. And she's talking about Memphis. What's going on here? So, Jason, here's the point. Prophetically reliable. Mm. A very specific prediction, and Memphis is gone, and we can even see that today. Yeah. All right.
0: So, um, we're going to have another <coughs> song. We uh, yeah, this this next song is is called "Who He Is" by Scott Reed. Um, it's it's an interesting song actually because it talks about a bit of history. But I want you to listen to the words anyway. If you if you're listening to this at home, listen to the words because it talks about history. But there's something more uh, significant in it. And that's
1: exactly what we're seeing here. There's more than just history here.
0: Yeah, it's not just
1: history. It's going somewhere else.
0: Yeah, okay, let's have a listen.
3: Just written, not just told. Even though our words may fail, descriptions often pay. You and I were made to sing. The sacrifice of praise is who He is The darkness overcome The resurrected Son The victory for us is who He is Who He is Is more than history can show Who He is Not just written, not just told.
0: Welcome back, Gary, and uh, listeners, Who He Is by Scott Reed. I hope you uh, heard that message in there that uh, there's more than what history just shows by the account. There's actually something significant. Now, earlier we were talking about uh, the city of Memphis and we were talking about uh, the reeds that had passed by and we're going to go somewhere else now. But before we do, we're going to just remind you about our offer for today. Digging up the past. Just tell us a little bit
1: more about that, Gary. Yeah, great, uh, great offer today, Jason. Digging up the past is a series of reading guides. 12 I think as it is in the in the series a friend of mine wrote them, David Downs he passed away a couple of years ago but David's just a, a a ball of knowledge you know it's fascinating, he stayed with us once but people will just really enjoy it, their full colour reading guide's recently been updated and so they take people to, to Egypt, to Greece to Mesopotamia and all sorts of places down into Israel Egypt itself so it's they're just a, a tremendous source of information on some of the things we're talking about uh, today and in this series. Okay. Now, uh,
0: I can see, our listeners can't see this, but I can see that we're going to ancient Babylon next. And it just reminds me that somewhere in the scriptures it also predicted that Babylon would come to nothing in, in the future as well. Yes.
1: In fact, it predicts in the prophet Jeremiah that Babylon would become a heap of ruins.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and now if you go if you go to the centre of Babylon, now there's nothing there. Rubble. Yep, just exactly. rubble.
1: Masses of bricks.
0: Okay, well let's let's get into this uh,
1: next topic of ancient Babylon. Right, so I want to go down to ancient Babylon, cause it, and it's some fascinating predictions were made down there by the prophet Daniel. Now, of course, Daniel um, was one of the favourites of the Essene, or we think they may have been the Essenes, uh, who copied the Dead Sea Scrolls. So they had a lot of information from the book of Daniel because it has incredible predictions. And we'll look at just uh, one of those today. So you, you've, I'm sure our listeners have heard of Alexander the Great. Who hasn't? Yeah, um, absolutely. Alexander the Great had just uh, defeated or taken the city of Tyre on the uh, Mediterranean Sea because they were siding with the Medes and the Persians. And he's on his way to Jerusalem to destroy Jerusalem. The uh, priests met him, so the story goes, outside Jerusalem and shared with him an incredible prediction. And as a result of this prediction, Alexander the Great said, OK, I'm not going to destroy Jerusalem, and he went down to Egypt. Now, why did that happen? How, what, what was it that the priest showed Alexander the Great that caused him not to to destroy the city?
0: You'll have to tell me, Dick Gary. Well, that's, <laughs> exactly, that's where we're heading.
1: So we find this prediction in the eighth chapter of the book of Daniel. Now, let me just say to, to help our listeners, the book of Daniel is clearly a 6th century BC book,
0: mm-hmm.
1: meaning it was written about 2,500, 600 years ago. Yeah. We know that from a number of reasons. First of all, the oldest copies of the book of Daniel date back to the 3rd century BC. That's the Dead Sea Scroll. So it's at least that old from the copies we actually have in our hands today.
0: And of course, they were copies, so you would assume that
1: it was written it before the further, copies. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then, of course, it's at least the 4th century BC because Alexander the Great was showing it. We know that. Okay. So it's got to go date back at least that far. So where, how do we know that, Gary? Is it written somewhere? Yes, yeah, yes, yes, because ancient historians recorded right. the event. Yeah. Now, then, of course, Daniel, it says in the book, was made the third ruler of Babylon. We talked about that in a previous program. And you'd only know that if you lived at that time.
0: Okay, what does it even mean, the third rule? Is that third chron- chronologically or third as in um, hierarchy? Yeah, third
1: as in hierarchy. Okay, Because you recall we talked about Nabonidus history shows was the last king of ba- Babylon in a sense, but he put his son as a co-regent. We talked about that and we yeah. showed the Nabonidus chronicle, the Nabonidus cylinder, which archaeologists realised this guy existed and he was a co-regent. So it, whoever it is wrote wrote this book, he got it right because the third ruler was... Would have been Daniel because the king said, you'll be the third ruler. Yeah. He didn't say, you'll be second because yeah. he knew that his father was number one, you say Yes. So so there's that sort of evidence. But then, of course, for scholars, there's more than that. There's the fact that the, the book of Daniel in its original form is written in two languages. It's ancient Hebrew but also Aramaic. And the Aramaic uh, section is really clearly, for scholars, a 6th century BC type of writing. So is this like
0: two copies written in different languages? Would it have been translated or no. actually written it's in? It's
1: actually written. Parts of the book of Daniel are written in Aramaic and right. parts are written in Hebrew.
0: Okay. okay, so so that must tell us something about yes, it. Yes,
1: it's, it's, it's written in a, that form for a very reason. We won't get into that now. Mm. But the Aramaic section is clearly 6th century BC Aramaic. So scholars know this goes back to to 2,600 years old. Now, I'm, re- I'm saying that because this is predict- making a prediction way before some of these things that I'm about to talk about happen. Okay. okay? So it's a 6th century BC book. Now, in the 8th chapter, let's we'll go back to the 8th chapter of Daniel, it talks about a great war between a ram and a goat. And Daniel tells us that the ram represents Medo-Persia. Okay? Mm-hmm. He says these words. Verse 20 of the 8th chapter, The ram which you saw, having the two horns, they are the kings of Media and Persia. So very clearly it says that. (laughs) Then the goat, he says, that represents ancient Greece. That's in the 21st verse. He says, The male goat is the kingdom of Greece. The large horn that is between its eyes is the first king. Now I'm going to give you a quiz, Jason. See how if you listened at school. Who was the first king of the United Greek Empire? Come on, don't let me down, man. I'm
0: not. I'm not uh, very good with my history, Gary. You're exposing my flaws here. Yeah, have <laughs> the you heard? First- of- King of the Greek Empire. The, the
1: great Greek Empire. Have you heard of a guy whose name starts with A? I'll give you a hint. Alexander. Jason. Ah, mar- right. marvellous, man. Mar- I,
0: I thought that was just too obvious, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were asking something more difficult. Oh, man, you had
1: me worried, Jason. <laughs> I, I, the people, our listeners will be wondering about your intelligence, man. Because
0: he, he, uh, he was only around for like 30-odd years or something, wasn't he? Exactly He, he, he died right. young.
1: He died at about 32 years of age. Wow.
0: Yes. So he, he did an awful lot in his time. He
1: did. He conquered everything from about Egypt down to, to, to India. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. But anyway, so the Bible says here that uh, the, the first king, sorry, the horn between its the eyes is the first king, which is Alexander the Great. Yeah. Now, think about this for a moment. When Daniel wrote this in the 6th century, Greece was 200 years into the future. So it's not even not Not even, not even a nation at, at this point. No not, a, no, not not a, a powerful a, nation. Not a powerful nation. Yeah. And, and he, he makes this prediction. But there's more to come. Oh, by the way, you can almost understand now why Alexander didn't uh, destroy Jerusalem, because the priest showing in this prophecy, hey, they're saying, Alexander, the Medo-Persians are going to be beaten by the Greeks, and you, the first king, you're going to beat them. Mm. Now, that would tickle his ego a bit, I reckon. It would, yeah. <laughs> and he thought, oh, I like this prediction. I won't destroy the Jews. And so he marched on down towards Egypt. Okay. So this is this is the connection here. Anyway, let, let's read on the prophecy. We go back to Daniel. We're looking at Daniel chapter 8, verse 8 and verse 22. It says this, Therefore the male goat, that's Greece, grew very great. But when he became strong, so it's powerful uh, under Alexander, the large horn was broken. In other words, Alexander the Great's going to die. His, his horn's broken. And in place of it, four notable ones came up toward the four winds of heaven. So when this horn's broken, when Alexander the Great dies, Greece is going to be divided in four is what the prophecy is saying. As for the broken horn and the four that stood up in its place, four kingdoms shall arise out of that nation, but not with its power. Now, this is unbelievable. Mm. Remember, Daniel's writing at least 200 years before these events. Mm. Now what so the, happened? The people didn't even exist. The people didn't. No, they, the people didn't exist, and Greece was not united like this. Mm. Now, when Alexander the Great died, and by the way, he died in in, in Babylon. Um, some say he died of drinking, uh, got drunk, Lord, and so on. Yeah, but when he died, the plans for this vast. Greek empire as a one unit died with him, because after his death, his four generals fought among themselves for control of the empire, and it succeeded eventually in dividing into four regions. Mm -hmm. Now, the Bible had predicted that, Mm. and and we have it uh, from way back 2,600 years, but we're not finished yet. Okay. Hang in there, Jason. I'm giving you a history lesson this morning, and all the listeners... Notice what the Bible goes on to say next this is uh, this is unbelievable. Four notable ones that 's four horns will come up toward the four winds so they 're going to be you know the four directions of the compass here and out of one of them out of one of the winds, one of the directions of the compass will come a little horn, another one which grew exceeding great Greece was great this one's exceeding great, toward the south. Toward the east, toward the glorious land that 's Israel, the yep. promised land, and it cast down some of the hosts that 's god 's people and some of the stars to the ground the the host and the stars that represent god 's people in the Bible, and trampled them in other words, destroyed them. he even exalted himself as high as the prince of the host that 's a reference of course, in the biblical writings to Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the prince of the host, and by him the daily sacrifice was taken away. The sacrifices were in the temple. So the daily sacrifices will be taken away. And the place of his sanctuary was cast down. The temple was destroyed. And he shall stand against the prince of princes, Jesus. Now, let's, let's just think who this power is. going to come from one of the directions of the compass. After the Greece has been divided into four, who is it? Well, of course, it's ancient Rome, Rome. yeah. The the, Romans conquered the Greeks. Which was a massive uh, force and power and empire. Exactly. Now, Mm -hmm. let me show you why. Daniel said it would go south. That's Mm -hmm. exactly where the Romans went. You've heard of Mark Antony, Cleopatra and all that stuff. That's Mm -hmm. ancient Roman history. It went east. The The Romans went into Mesopotamian region. Then it went south or to the, sorry, it went to the glorious land, to Israel. And of course, it was in sixty three b c that General Pompey invaded what we call Israel today and took over that part of the of the world. Then it said it would be greater than Greece, exceeding great. Well, everybody knows the Romans were greater than the Greeks. Then it said it would stand against the Prince of Princes or Jesus Christ. When did Rome stand against Jesus Christ jason here 's another history question during the time
0: of Jesus when uh, they uh, ultimately um Agreed to allow him to be crucified.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So he was crucified. But then it said that the temple would be destroyed. Mm. Now, everybody knows that in 70 AD, uh, this is 40 years after Jesus was crucified, the Romans destroyed The Jewish Temple. Mm. I take people to to Israel. that don't. I show them the rubble that's been from the the old Temple ruins. Still there. Still there. The archaeologists have uncovered it. Mm. And then, of course, with the temples is destroyed, they can't have sacrifices. It's it's all over. But Mm. there's one more thing. It said it would trample on God's people. Remember the prediction. It would it would trample on them. Mm -hmm. Well, how how did the Romans do that? You need to come to the Colosseum with me, Jason. Yeah. And the Circus Maximus. Mm. You I'm sure you've heard of the the horrific uh, destruction of Christians by their own.
0: I have. I have. I've not been there myself as yet, maybe one day. Uh, a couple of um, years'
1: time, where, when COVID-19's finished, you've yeah. got to come with us, Jason.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I've heard I've heard about the horrific um, events. that they, I mean, this is what the Coliseums were largely about, wasn't it? Yeah, well, f- some of the ent-
1: entertainment, and yeah. part of the entertainment was often Christians, mm. especially down in what we call the Circus Maximus, which... Archaeologists, uh, you can show down, there, see down there in, in Rome today. But the Romans, you know, they threw the Christians to lions, set, put tar over them, and set them alight. So exactly what the prophecy predicted. Now, what it was, two thousand five hundred years ago, all those things actually took place, Jason. They mm. actually happened.
0: Yeah, unbelievable. Yep. So uh, it's time for another break, Gary. Um, but before we do, just uh, a reminder, our Digging Up the Past reading guide, we're going to give the code out just after the break. Dig, uh, digging Up the Past is the, is the reading guide and zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one is the number you can get us on. Now, if you've got any questions about the program, feel free to text us in on that number. We will monitor it and we will respond to you.
1: Jason, can I just advertise something right yeah. while we're here right now? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll be heading to Brisbane this weekend because I'm running uh, some programs up in Brisbane, so some of our Brisbane listeners may be interested. The series is called Countdown, What's Next? Okay. And I'll be unpacking a whole bunch of... Uh, Bible prophecies that show where we're actually heading. So uh, if they want to um, know more about that program in in Brisbane, they can ring the same number, I'm sure, and and we can let them know.
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, just text us in and uh, we can get you the information that you need. Now, Gary, this uh, next song, you know, choosing songs for a program that talks about prophecy is not that easy. <laughs> but it turns out that some years ago that uh, I, I wrote a song with Dave Edgren, and it was because he was running a prophecy uh, program at the time, and uh, he wrote some words. And uh, just uh, about a year and a half ago, I revisited that song. I, I rewrote parts of it and uh, recorded it. And uh, this song is really about prophecy. It's about some of these things that we've been talking about so it's called How Did He Know and uh, I hope you enjoy it. It's a, it's a fairly dramatic sort of song. Oh. There's a bit of drama in it so I'm looking forward to I it. hope you enjoy it
4: Until our God He knows He shows the way His word foretells of what will soon unfold When Jesus will be The suffering Messiah, He would die for our sins. How did He know? Jesus knew that dying on the cross would purchase us our lives. How did He know? How God. He Word thought that Jesus Christ would come To vanquish sin and heal Our God He knows He shows the way His Word for
0: So Gary, as music uh, fades out here, um, you can see that song talks about a lot of the things that we uh, have mentioned this
1: morning. Yes, D- Jason. Daniel, Isaiah, Jeremiah. It's so relevant to what we've been chatting about. And Jason, I actually noticed that that you sing it. I and do, you, yeah. And you play the trumpet. How do you do that at the same time?
0: Well, I don't do it at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> Gary. But uh, no, I had a lot of fun uh, recording that one. No,
1: you have a gift there, Jason. Great. thats, a, that's That song is so, so... Practical. In fact, it's it's even a song that's talking about where we're headed in the next next few programs.
0: Yeah, awesome. So you know this this book that we've been talking about, we've we've shown you know through many examples the reliability of these prophecies. But there's more to it than that, Gary. And I think you want to just wrap up this discussion with 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 some more um more more content of a slightly different nature.
1: Yeah, sure, Jason. The point the point of the whole thing is that. This book is clearly supernatural. Mm. Now, let, let, let me just recap what we, what we saw today. We, we looked at a, an amazing prediction in the last section from Babylon, written 2,600 years ago, which predicted... 2,600 years ago, the coming of the Medes and the Persians to topple the Babylonians. That's one. Then the Greeks would follow and it mentions them by name, including the first king. Then it says Greece would be divided into four and it was. Then it says uh, uh, another power would come out of one of the directions of the compass and topple the Greeks. It would be greater than them and it was, the Romans. It would go south into Egypt, and the Romans did. It would go into Palestine, and the Romans did as well. It would crucify or kill Jesus Christ, and they did. Mm. And then, of course, it would destroy the temple, and the Romans did. Now, that's about eight or nine specific things that are fulfilled here. Now, the chances of that happening, just by chance, is not one in two. It's one in thousands. Mm. So, in other words, you've got to say, is this a hoax? Or did you just did get this lucky... Or did someone with some insight about what was going to happen in the future tell Daniel what was going to happen? Mm. The evidence is clear that something supernatural is happening here. You just can't guess like that.
0: You can't. Thousands De- of definitely years Definitely not. And, uh, yeah, it, and, it's, in, it's incredible, isn't it, that, um, that somehow – you know, we, we can only explain it through sim- supernatural means, that, that somehow these predictions have all come true.
1: Exa- and, and you yeah. ain't seen nothing yet, if I can put mm. it that way. Next week, I'll be sharing a pre- prediction that shows us right down to our own time, and people can say, wow. And it's in the Dead Sea Scroll, so it's at least 2,000 years old, but it goes back a lot further than that. Yeah. But Jason, this is one of the reasons why actually today I'm a believer. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Before just we,
0: before yeah, you do, yeah, yeah. Um, I've just remembered I promised that code after the break. You better do that. And I haven't given it, so um, I'm going to give it right now. The code is DIG and the number one. That's the digit number one, so DIG1. And uh, that's for the reading guide for digging up the past. It's going to cover some of this stuff yeah, yeah. that we've been talking about, and uh, showing the historical evidence of the Bible and the accuracy of the Bible. Zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. That's zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Now Gary's uh, going to share something yeah, with us. I'm
1: just about jumping out of my seat here, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was a university, a medical student at the UWA, University of Western Australia, and. I began to wonder for the first time in my life, is there really anybody out there? Mm. Is there a God? Is anybody in control of this planet as it whirls through space and so on? Is there anyone out there? And at that time, as I was studying at university, I began to look at archaeology. And I looked at some of the things we were sharing the last few programs, and I thought, this book's not a bunch of fairy tales. Mm. At least it gets it right. Mm. And then I looked at some of these predictions, some of which we've looked at today, and there's many more. And I, I thought, now, nah, come on, you, you can't get a batting average of 100%, but someone's given you some insights here, especially when you make these predictions not a few years down the track, but thousands of years down the track, as we're going to see. Yeah. Incredible and specific predictions, not sort of, oh, well, it could be this, it could be that. No, they're very specific, as we've seen in, in the program today. So as I looked at that, I thought, wow, this book, there's somebody out there. But the best thing was, as I delved into this book, it actually, I could see, it changed my life, and and, and it made an incredible difference in my own personal journey. Mm,
0: Yeah. So, Gary, um, what else have we got before we finish
1: today? Well, perhaps we did just say something about where we're heading uh, in uh, the next program. Um, We've noticed we've dealt with the predictions regarding ancient civilizations today. Yeah. The, but I want to look now at what about the predictions in the old biblical records that talk about our time. And so we're going to be looking at that in the next uh, couple of presentations, uh, Jason. Does the Bible make predictions about our time? And it certainly does, absolutely does, as we're going to see. And I'm going to be talking next week's program about Back to the Future. Okay. Beyond disbelief. We're going to continue with that thing. You can't not believe it in a sense when you see predictions like this. I'll share incredible 2,500-year-old predictions again from ancient Babylon. We're going to go back there again in our next program. And I'll reveal how living in the end times, and this book is supernatural. We are living in the end times, as we're going to see in our next presentation. There clearly is a God here. And uh, the idea that there is no God, that's a delusion. Mm. And that was the whole premise of today's program, exactly. wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. there's, there's good evidence that there is a God. Yeah. And there's going to be more evidence as we share moving forward.
0: And the, we, the more we dig into, particularly those prophecies of Daniel, you know, it's quite incredible because his prophecies do actually go right through to the future. We've, we've covered a couple today. Yeah, they're just... But they go beyond that, don't be, they? They
1: go beyond the Romans by big shot.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, um, remember our offer, DIG number one. You can text that in, 488 Gary's shared a little bit about what uh, is included in those reading guides. Um, now, tomorrow on Tassie Encounters, we have our series called 3MJ with Ryko Celic. He will be joining us, and we're going to be talking about, again, the, uh, the series titled The... Um, or the topic that he's covering is the last week of Jesus' ministry, and the topic of tomorrow's program is the parable of the two sons. Now, um, if you remember, if you've got any questions, queries, you can text us in any time. We will be monitoring that number, and we will get back to you. Just before we sign off, Gary, anything to share? specifically about today's program with our listeners?
1: I think, Jason, for me, the fact that not only do we have predictions that are fulfilled is important, critical to see that there is a God, but there's so much archaeological evidence that backs the thing up. So much has been found that the Bible talked about that shows very clearly this book was written so long ago and the predictions, it gets it right. Hmm. That gives you confidence in it.
0: Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Well, wherever you are listening from today, remember in Tassie, you can catch us again at 4.30 if there's anything you want to re-listen to. And remember, you can always listen to our episodes on the app, the Faith FM Australia app. You can get that from the App Store or the website. And you can also share with your friends. Um, you know, if if people are having trouble listening to the the FM radio, you can use the app or the, the uh, internet-based website, faithfm.com.au. So we'll just uh, leave you with a a beautiful instrumental song today and uh, we hope you can join us tomorrow with Raiko Celic and next week again with Gary titled Back to the Future, Beyond Disbelief.